You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. As long as we are stationary or idle, the devil has no complaints. You see, dogs don't bark at parked cars, but they are vicious towards the moving ones. Consider some of the Old Testament characters. Consider Joseph. Did you know Joseph's persecution started when he shared a God-given dream? As teachers, there's always something we want students to learn more than anything else. It's no different than when Jesus told his friends to love like he does and to share his truth. Satan doesn't like that at all. He'll use many different methods to try and thwart the good that's happening, as Pastor Dion will inform us today. Trials, persecution, discouragement, what you do through these kinds of times and situations is what matters the most. Will you have a backbone to say what others desperately need to hear? Well, let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts chapter 5 with today's edition of The Simple Truth. Let's pray. Father, we want to say thank you for meeting us here with your spirit and your presence and your word. They are the three things that we need to grow and to develop and to mature into Christ-like Christians. So I pray, Father, that as we're here this morning, that we would hear the message, that we would see what was done in the early church and the early Christians, that we would adopt those things, and Lord, that we would make us better better about serving you, better about loving you, better about being just like you. I pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Acts chapter 5. And um, guys, after Jesus' resurrection from the dead, he spent 40 days with his disciples, encouraging them and preparing them. So, you know, after Jesus was crucified, he's put into a grave, he resurrects, And after the resurrection, he spends 40 days amongst his disciples, visiting them regularly, encouraging them, and preparing them. And then before Jesus ascended to heaven, he commissioned his disciples to do these two things, to shine and share. Shine and share. Those are the two things Jesus had been preparing them for during that 40-day period. And before that, three and a half years of ministry with them, he had been preparing them to shine and to share. In fact, John chapter 13 and verse 34 tells us a little bit about Jesus commissioning his disciples, what he told them, what he was asking of them. Here's what it says, John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you, everybody, love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So he's telling them to shine in love. Here's another thing he taught them and encouraged them and prepared them for in this Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. And then Jesus told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. 
Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. So two things Jesus was encouraging His disciples during those three and a half years, then 40 days after His resurrection, was to shine in love and to share His truth. Now, an order, and so listen, in an order to be just like Jesus, that's what he was doing, just like Jesus. He was telling his disciples, hey, listen, I want you to shine, I want you to share, I want you to be just like me. Be just like Jesus. Shine like him, share like him. That's what Jesus was telling his disciples. I want you to shine like me. I want you to share like me when I'm gone. I want you to be my body on earth when I am physically absent. And when Jesus told us the disciples that, the disciples panicked. They said, we can't fly like eagles. We're just a bunch of turkeys. To which Jesus answered, eee, I know, huh? <laughs> Jesus said, you guys trip over cordless phones, man. I know. But Jesus told them not to worry that He would send them help to shine and to share. Jesus said He would send them the Holy Spirit. Everybody said the what? The Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, at His ascension, here's what Jesus told His disciples. He said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to Me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So I know you're going to have trouble shining and sharing like me, but I'm going to send you some help. And the help is the Holy Spirit. He's going to help you shine and share like me. Then, just a few days later, after Jesus told, made them that promise, the Holy Spirit descended on the disciples, and they became radiant Christians. Guys, living under the influence of the Holy Spirit will make you and me glow in the dark. It will make us love and live just like Jesus. Amen? Well, the disciples were glowing crazy and began impacting the whole city of Jerusalem. So here at first, they were totally insecure about living and loving like Jesus. But Jesus said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and He's going to help you do it. And when the Holy Spirit descended upon them, they in fact began impacting the entire city of Jerusalem. Revival was ignited. People were awakening to Jesus as their Savior. And the Christian church began. The Christian church started. A family of believers in Jesus began to arise. Jesus had said that He would build His church. And it was happening. Now as the disciples shined and shared, Jesus, as you know, as the church was growing, Jesus added to His family of believers called the church. So, I mean... They're shining and sharing. People are, the city of Jerusalem is being impacted. People are responding to the message of Christ. They are becoming part of this new entity called the church, Jesus' family. 
And then Jesus starts adding to His family of believers. Acts chapter 2, verse 47 says this, And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. And then in Acts chapter 5 and verse 14, a verse we covered, it said, And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women. So Jesus keeps adding to His church. It's growing. It's cultivating. It's manifesting. It's coming alive. Well, the revival, the awakening to Jesus as Savior, was infuriating the devil. I mean, it was blessing the people. It was impacting the city of Jerusalem. But it was infuriating the devil. I mean, the devil was hissing like a pressure cooker at full steam. He was blowing a fuse. The reason the devil was upset is because his kingdom was suffering losses. Listen, guys, if you want to get the devil back for all those years that he had you bound in sin and in darkness and in unbelief, just rescue some of his captives. That's a way to get him back. Just rescue some of his captives. Share Jesus with some of those that he has in darkness. Invite them. Bring them. Encourage them. That'll really, you know, hurt him. All right? So, Satan, obviously, the devil is infuriated. In fact, one of the New Testament authors said it best about us getting the devil back and reaching out for people. In Jude verse 22, it says this, Try to help those who argue against you. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save some by snatching them as from the very flames of hell itself. And as for others, help them to find the Lord by being kind to them. Catch it? So guys, that was exactly what the disciples were doing. They were shining and sharing. The devil was getting infuriated with all the people that were responding to the message of Christ. He is upset, but they are snatching people right out of the very fires of hell. They are saving, just like you and I. We were condemned. We were on our way. We were in the dark. But hey, listen, somebody reached out and pulled us in the right direction. Somebody brought us into the light and Jesus gloriously saved us. Isn't that awesome, guys? That's what was going on there. The disciples, that early church, that's what they were doing. And the devil was furious about it. And he wasn't about to take it lying down. So the devil looked for ways to derail the disciples. He wanted to stop what was going on. So the first thing he did, his first choice to derail the disciples was this. Persecution. Persecution. In fact, let's read the passage. Verse 17 in chapter 5. Now, I must mention that I'm, I'm going to skip over a few sections simply to condense this, but we'll get the gist of it. So here it is. Then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out. 
and said, Go, stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And then in verse 27, And when they had brought them, the council, because, you know, they went and found out, the Pharisees found out, the Sadducees found out that the guys they had imprisoned were now preaching again. So they brought them back, and when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. Talking about Jesus. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. And then in verse 40, and then the council beat the disciples and commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So the disciples departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. So the disciples are actually out there shining and sharing, and it's infuriating the devil. All right? So listen. As long as we are stationary or idle, the devil has no complaints. You see, dogs don't bark at parked cars. But they are vicious towards the moving ones. Consider some of the Old Testament characters. Consider Joseph. Did you know Joseph's persecution started when he shared a God-given dream? It wasn't until then, until he shared a dream God had given him. And when he shared that, his jealous brothers threw him in a dry well and sold him downriver. They disowned him. And then consider David. David's persecution started when he decided to walk in God's calling and he shared soothing words and music with the king. It wasn't until then. That's when David's angry boss targeted him for destruction. Everything was fine with David until he decided to walk. Persecution started when he decided to walk in the calling God had given him and he decided to share some of that with music and song. And then persecution arose. His boss targeted him for destruction, wanted to be done with him. And then there's Jeremiah. Jeremiah's persecution began when he shared God's word with his community. As long as he was silent, nobody cared. But the minute that he shared God's word with his community, Jeremiah's hateful neighbors arrested him and imprisoned him. And they the imprison was a dry well. Because they wanted to silence him. Maybe you've experienced some persecution. 
disapproval from an unbelieving spouse or parent. Hostility from an angry boss or co-workers or classmates. Maybe you've experienced negative reactions for your faith from family or friends. All because of your identification with Jesus. You know, these people try to talk you out of your new faith. Talk you out of your new family. Talk you out of your new life. They criticize. They mock. They intimidate or even threaten you because of your faith and your fervor. Maybe you've experienced that. Some of these people may even draw some lines in the sand and in a way imprison you. Threats, ultimatums, demands, isolation are the bars they put you behind. If you don't stop that, if you don't stop saying that, if you don't stop sharing that around here, I'm going to. We're going to. You will no longer. If you've experienced that kind of stuff, they've drawn lines in the sand and you feel imprisoned. They flog you. These kind of people, they flog you not with whips, but with words. The old nursery rhyme says, sticks and stones can break my bones, but names will never hurt me. It's a lie. Criticism, hate, sarcasm, and disapproval, they cut deep, don't they? And the pain is enough to discourage even the strongest of Christians. I mean, we're tempted to just give it up and stay quiet. We're tempted to just hide our light under a bushel. Or we're tempted to harbor bitterness or act in revenge. Ha! They want to treat me like that? I haven't been saved that long. I'll show them. But see, we shouldn't. When the persecution is is arising that way, and we're dealing with this, we shouldn't be depressed, demoralized, or destructive. We should be, here's the word, die hard. We should be die hard. Die hard. Here's a verse, Romans chapter 12 and verse 14. If someone mistreats you because you are a Christian, don't curse him. You know, let's go ahead and read that again. If someone, Romans 12, 14, if someone mistreats you because you are a Christian, don't curse him. Pray that God will bless him. And then Jesus also said this. Jesus said, no pressure, no diamonds. Okay? Jesus didn't say that, but it's close. Mark 13, verse 11. Here's what he said. But when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak. But whatever is given you in that hour, speak that. For it is not you who speaks, but the Holy Spirit. Now brother will betray brother to death, and a father is child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will or shall be saved. Endure. Die hard. Now listen. 
The disciples didn't have those verses that we just read. They didn't have those verses of instruction and encouragement. Because they hadn't been written yet. The church has just begun. The Gospels haven't been written. Paul isn't even saved. He hasn't penned two-thirds of the New Testament. They don't have that, in that instruction and that encouragement yet. So, here's what God does. They're going through persecution. They're in prison. So God sent His Word to them through an angel. They might have been tempted like you are to give up, to stay silent, to hide their light under a bushel. Is it really worth it? I mean, we don't want to deal with this. But God says, hey, listen, I want you to die hard. And He actually says that to them through an angel. You see, the angel confirmed that they were doing exactly what the Lord wanted and that they shouldn't stop. Here is exactly what the angel told them. Keep it up. Keep what up? Your witness, your testimony, your shining, your sharing. That's what he told them. Keep it up. Keep speaking to the people all the words of this Christian life. That's what the angel told them. Keep at it. Keep doing it. Keep sharing all the words of this Christian life. You know, the book of Revelation calls pastors angels of the church. So in a way, I've been sent to tell you, don't let the enemy bully or intimidate you into silence or seclusion. It's better that you obey God rather than men. So keep shining and keep sharing. My wife thinks I'm an angel. And now it's official. So the devil, he tries to disrupt, destroy, derail the church's progress. People being impacted by the gospel. And he does this to trying to stir up persecution. But we realize, hey, listen, God says, keep it up. And they did. They continued preaching. They continued sharing. They were diehard. They kept going. Well, guys, when the devil couldn't derail the disciples and the church with persecution, he tried another strategy. Here's the word, division. See, the devil, if you didn't know, he does not give up easily. You know, he's like a boomerang. He keeps coming back every single time. And if he tries one thing to derail you or to, um, you know, discourage you or to bring you, you know, depress you and it doesn't work, hey, listen, he's going to try something else. He is not going to give up. And that's what he does with the church because he doesn't want you growing. He doesn't want you shining. He doesn't want you sharing. As we cling to the simple Our time with you is coming to an end today on The Simple Truth, but we're so glad that you joined us for Pastor Dion's teaching in the Book of Acts. There's much more to learn from the life of the early church, so we hope you'll tune in again. If you're listening in the Española area right now, we would like to extend an invitation to you. 
Come join us for our weekly services at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Come by at 9 or 11 a.m. to spend time with us in worship, Bible study, and fellowship. We also meet on Wednesday evenings for a Bible study at 7 and Saturday evenings at 6.30. You'll find directions and more information about Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel when you visit tmcalvary.com. If you can't make it in person, you can still join us virtually through Facebook Live. Just follow the link to our Facebook page at tmcalvary.com and tune in this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. While you're at our website, you'll also be able to access our archive of previous teachings on various books of the Bible by Pastor Dion. Just click on Sermons at the top of the page to open our audio archive or visit our YouTube page to experience the service through video. Feel free to share these links with anyone in your life that you think might benefit from hearing the simple truth of God's Word. We're so glad that you joined us today on The Simple Truth. We encourage you to read ahead in the book of Acts and discover more about the disciples and how the early church got started. Then join us next time for Pastor Dion's continuing verse-by-verse study right here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May a power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together.